Welcome to the Happy Customer Channel. This week's guest is Aurelio Giordano on how to customize customer experience. This week's host is Peter Mir, reported at Miami's Villain Theater. Hello, and welcome to the Happy Customer Channel. My name is Peter Mir, and we are at Villain Theater in Little Haiti, Miami. Each week, we'll be learning about customer care from experts, learning their tips and best practices. Our lesson today is customization. At the heart of customization is empathy. How do you make a connection with your customer? We like to use a term called matching. Matching is being able to act like you've known this person your whole life. You've got their back. If they say something crazy, you know exactly what they need. When their birthday comes around, you know what to get them. That's what matching is all about. So what is empathy? And how is empathy different than sympathy? Everybody knows what sympathy is. It means feeling sorry for somebody. Well, empathy is that feeling of connection when you feel like you are in that person's shoes. An easy example is if you're driving and you see a car with a flat tire on the side of the road and you think, oh man, that's too bad for them. And you keep on driving, well, that's sympathy. Empathy is when you see that car on the side of the road and you say, you know what? I've been in those shoes before. I'm gonna turn my car over, make sure they feel safe, stay with them till the AAA arrives, or if I know how to change a tire, maybe I'll help them out. It's a different level of connection. Their problem is your problem. Our guest today is Aurelio Giordano. He works with Ace World Travel, being a travel advisor, helping people's dreams come true, and being able to help them make really difficult decisions in their travel plans. So thank you so much for being here, Aurelio. Uh, it's wonderful to be here, Peter. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's start at the beginning. When you get a new customer, how do you break the ice? It's, it's the old school tactic that's getting kind of lost these days, and that's a conversation. Um, I still engage with my clients on a phone call and pretty much just start with, you know, what they're, where they're looking to go, what they're looking to do, what the expectations are for the trip. If they're looking to, um, engage in any specific interests or hobbies, are they celebrating anything special? Uh, you need to just kind of find that as much as possible so you can customize and build the best trip for them. Is there anything that you know works, things that you try every single time, or do you always try to do something new? Uh, the formula to kind of get them to open up is somewhat similar. Um, like I said, asking them, so where is it that you're looking to go? And what time of the year? And, you know, the, the basic informational stuff. What are your travel dates, so forth and so on. But then I ask, actually ask them, why did you pick this destination? Is it a bucket list thing? Is it because, you know, you are into a specific uh, hobby or interest that you want to go there to explore? So you want to go to Scotland because you want to play golf. You want to go to Italy because you want to, you know, eat, pray, love your way through it or something like that. Um, and sometimes they, they hit it on the head, meaning like they pick the right place for them. And sometimes it's my place to step in and be like, okay. If, if your objective isn't necessarily to go to the specific destination, but you pick the destination because you want to have a certain experience, are you open, are you open to other destinations that can offer you the same experience? And that's when they might turn around and say, no, not really. This is kind of where we were set to go to do A, B, C, and D. Or, you know what? We didn't think of that. Maybe. What do you say? Okay, so that's huge. Being able to ask the right questions, figure out things maybe they haven't even thought of before, and trying to figure out their why, that seems like a big deal. The why, yeah, absolutely. So why do you want to go to uh, you know, Fiji for your honeymoon? Is it because it's Fiji and it's, you know, you've seen Instagram posts and 
it's one of those amazing places that you're truly interested in going in? Or is it because you just feel like your honeymoon is such a big trip that if I don't do it for that, when am I going to do it? You know, so it's about having that conversation. And then as you continue to discuss things like, you know, budget, you know, which is kind of like a big deciding factor for a lot of people, especially these days, maybe they didn't, you know, didn't have a real keen idea of what a trip to Fiji would cost. But you're like, hey, you know what? You can go to Costa Rica. You can go to Peru. And there are, you know, Colombia, and there are small little islands off the coast of these other countries. Might not necessarily feel like it's Fiji, but if you're looking for that exotic, tropical feel, places that also have hotels that offer overwater bungalows, and you want to do really um, amazing experiences in nature, there are other places aside from that that you can still gain that experience. And I've had that experience with some honeymoon couples that have ended up going other places than they had originally thought of. So Aurelio, you use a lot of empathy in your job trying to figure out the why of your customer. How do you get on the same wavelength? It's all about the listening. It's all about the listening. I mean, if you give you give people the opportunity to talk, they're gonna tell you exactly what they want. And for the most part, they're very precise because today's consumer has probably already done some research online uh, before giving you a call. Maybe they've already done some price comparison. Um, but then, then again, you know, I've also had people call me and say, uh, I, I just know I want to go someplace warm where I'm able to do A, B, C, and D. Uh, these are my dates. Where do you think I should go? And so the listening part comes into play on all levels. Even for the person that already, and I've had people come to me with literally a bullet-pointed itinerary almost per day of the experiences that they wanted and this, that, and the other. And, and sometimes it's been phenomenal where, you know, I've just been able to apply that and help them arrange it properly in, in the time and in the sequence. And maybe, you know, maybe they didn't realize they can combine these two things and it'll help, you know, shorten um, how much time they're going to be out all day and, and so forth and so on. And so sometimes that works. Sometimes it's a bit much and, you know, you have to reply back, hey, uh, when do you have a few minutes to get on the phone, you know, because I'd like to go over this. And there have been times that I've had to tell people um, this isn't feasible, meaning, you know, you want to go from this place to this place, you know, in a day, pick city A as your central point, And it's easier to do day trips, whether it's through private transfer or train to these, you know, three other cities surrounding that you want to see instead of you know hopping to each city and staying overnight in each city and they're like oh wow you know i didn't know that so it's it's the listening you know like i had said not just to um what their expectation are but also what their intention is with that expectation and and then you use your expertise and your knowledge to come back and help them uh piece it together properly that's gonna where how it's gonna make the most sense you are incredibly passionate about your work. Can you tell me a little bit, what drives you? Well, I mean, my own wanderlust is what, you know, made me get into this, to the, to the travel industry. I was always, you know, when I worked in corporate America, the guy saving up my vacation days and taking trips. And, you know, you'd come by my cubicle and then have the postcards and the little bottles of sand and, the, you know, all that stuff. And people are like, oh, where, where'd you just come from? Where, where have you been? Where are you going to next? Um, all from that to, you know, amongst my family and friends, you know, I'd have a 
we'd have a like kind of like a cousin reunion every fall where we go to Six Flags and there would be like five carloads of us going down to Fright Fest together. Uh, and me and another, you know, cousin were always the uh, organizers of that. So I've always kind of had that organizational skill compiled with just my wanderlust, you know, being first generation Italian American and having close ties to my roots um, and traveling to my family's homeland from when I was little and having exposure to other cultures and, and language and food and history. Um, and then it just kind of progressed over the years as I got old enough to travel myself. And, you know, I'll never forget the first time I went to Rome and saw the Colosseum in person. I like literally froze, you know, and, and so it's that it's that passion um, that I love to put forth and engage when helping other people realize their, you know, wanderlust dreams. That's amazing. Your company, East World Travel, has amazing reviews. Of how, what does that make you feel when you see those reviews to know that you made people's dreams come true? It's overwhelming. <laughs> Ooh, it's really overwhelming. And uh, it's, you know, unexpected because I really put in a lot into what I do. And to know that it's received is like the ultimate gratification and satisfaction. So it's not just you at Ace World Travel. You've got a team of operators at every destination that your guests go to. How do you find those people? How do you build trust in them to know that they're gonna uphold your standards? Um, I tell you, I've, I've spent the last decade uh, extensively traveling and kind of vetting these operators that I have, you know, worked with for so many years now. Um, and initially, you know, when you're still kind of new in, in the field, you go with recommendations from other people who have been in it longer than you. You know, I've had some amazing people who have kind of been my pseudo mentors, people who were in the business 10, 20 years before I even got into the game, who I said, you know, as I started getting clients and I said, oh, I have a client that wants to go here or someone came to me you know, and wants to go there, who should I use? And so it comes with that when you kind of start off. But then over time, as I started to travel directly to these destinations and going to conferences and expos and trade shows and started meeting these operators face to face and, you know, vetting them myself, I kind of use what, what my um, model is and how I handle my clients and the care I put into them and how meticulous I am with, you know, trying to organize their itinerary and see if it's reflected in how they manage their business. Because essentially, like you said, they're an extension of me on the ground in whatever destination I'm sending my client to. Okay, so Aurelio, tell me about customization. What does it actually take to customize an experience for your customer? Is it kind of like ticking off boxes or is it adapting what you've listened to and helping it fit. It's both, right? So the client comes to you, you've had that initial conversation with them, whether or not they've already sent kind of a, a, a rundown in an email or whatever it may be. You use that as, as a very loose skeleton, a very loose blueprint. Um, but then the conversation needs to continue, right? So as you're piecing it all together, like I said, you might run into something where, hey, I know you guys wanted to do this on this morning, but that tour isn't available that morning. If we shift this in that place, then you can still do it the next day. Are you guys okay with that? And they might come back to you and say, oh no, you know, we really wanted to do it that day because 
it's my birthday and on my birthday I want to do this. And we're like, okay, well then let's see how we can make it work. Or they might come back and say, yeah, sure, that's fine, no problem. So it's a constant, you know, ping pong back and forth, but not where you guys are actually against each other. You know what I mean? You just, they come to you with something, you come back, you know, and it goes back and forth and the customization doesn't end until you get as close to as possible as to what their ideal is. Okay, so sometimes it doesn't always work out perfectly. Tell me how you deal with difficult situations, whether it's something unexpected or maybe a customer being difficult. You know, there have been times where it just hasn't been the right fit, right? Uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, I can't think off the top of my head right now, any other analogy or, or, or example where you go into a place and try to get something customized. I don't know why, I guess because I deal a lot with honeymoons, I'm thinking of brides. So I'm thinking of like, you know, bride goes into a bridal shop and for some reason, the vibe's not there. They don't have the dresses you like. The person you're dealing with isn't listening to what you want, you know, and is bringing you out things that, that you know, you would never even look at, you know, in a magazine. Um, and, you know, there have been times that people have come to me and they've just, whether they've been totally set in stone with what they want to do and maybe it's not feasible for their travel dates and it's not feasible for their budget. Um, where you're just like, I'm sorry, but in this instance, you know, this is what I'm able to do. And unfortunately, if it doesn't work, then, you know, then maybe I'm not the right fit for you. And it's not always necessarily about, uh, a personality thing, although that's happened too. surprising, right? I mean, who's not going to get along with me, right? Um, yeah, you just have to realize what, and, and at this stage in the game now, 10 years in, I can afford myself to be picky with my clientele as well too. And I'm not talking about, you know, I only work with high end and people that spend a lot of money. Absolutely not. But people who are open to being um, communicative, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't be pulling teeth. I can't constantly be hunting you down for a response. It, things are time sensitive, especially in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? So if it comes to the point where, it's putting, I'm putting in more time and effort into your trip than you are, then sorry, it's not gonna work. So what do you do when things don't work out? I mean, not everything can be perfect. What do you do in those difficult situations? For sure, I mean, de definitely over the last 10 years, there's been quite a few situations where um, things haven't always turned out as planned, especially in the current climate, right? So I actually give you an example that just happened Sunday, or, you know, a few days ago. Um, I have uh, currently a 40th anniversary couple that's uh, started there on a two to three week trip, started in the south of France and then making their way into Italy. And so they're in Nice right now and they had a tour that was supposed to leave the next morning to explore uh, Monaco. They get uh, a an email and a call through WhatsApp from my on-ground you know, operator. So again, telling you how, you know, having the people on ground that can communicate, saying that the driver of that tour contacted COVID and that unfortunately it was too short notice for them to find a substitute driver due to short staffing and that the whole tour itself was canceled. And so obviously they were bummed because that was the actual day of their anniversary, of their 40th anniversary. So... You know, the operator had um, was kind enough to give a full refund for the tour. The client, because they were still set on going to Monaco, because, again, they had it in their mind that that's that was the day of the anniversary and that's where they wanted to go celebrate it. 
decided to take a taxi um, and go there anyway, but they were adamant that it was still the obligation of the operator to pay for that new, um, for that replacement transfer, for that expense, which we both know it's not their obligation. The fact that they still decided they wanted to go was, you know, their own discretion and, and their own their own choice. But, you know, these are two elderly people. They're celebrating a huge milestone anniversary. It's relatively the beginning of their trip. I didn't want it to set the tone and I didn't want it to damper their spirits, especially having been the day of their anniversary. So first thing I had messaged my uh, on-ground, you know, travel angel, as, as they call it out there, help them make a uh, special reservation at a restaurant. Which, which I didn't know. They didn't tell me what their actual anniversary date was. Um, but, you know, we were able to pull that off. Second, we decided to go in half with splitting the cost of the round-trip taxi that they took from Nice to Monaco. So I took that money out of my commission. The ground operator put up that money out of their own money. And we said, it is what it is. We want to make sure they're happy and that they enjoy the rest of their trip and that this doesn't kind of, you know, put a damper on things and, and uh, leave a sour taste in their mouth, so to speak. So you have to do that sometimes. You have to do that. And I've done that several times, but at the end, happy client, you know what I'm saying? Happy business, <laughs> you know? Tell us some success stories, something of an example where you were able to customize an experience for them beyond even what they had thought of. Oh, totally. So um, I had a destination wedding in Riviera Maya, <clears throat> excuse me, last June. And this couple had come to me at the end of 2019 and God bless them. They, they stuck with it. They stuck with it all through the pandemic. You know, they were set on having this destination wedding in Riviera Maya and um, a big one too, like almost like 90 people. It took at the time, there was still a lot of protocols with testing and so forth and so on. So it was a lot. Um, but needless to say, you know, I had a great team there. The hotel that I had helped them choose I had worked with before and I knew their wedding and groups department were phenomenal and they were very meticulous and on point. And, you know, we had spreadsheets and all that, all that good stuff. So the wedding comes, you know, comes to fruition. They take off. Everything's good. Um, I find out because the bride was a client of mine before her destination wedding. She had already taken about two, three trips with, you know, some girlfriends and friends and so on. Um, that the fiance kind of had some jitters and was just nervous about, you know, everyone showing up, not wedding jitters, but just, you know, nervous about the, the event. And so she's like, you know, I think it'll be good for him if maybe like two days before the wedding, if he has some sort of outing with his friends, you know, with his brothers and guys or whatever, to kind of ease the nerves a little bit. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to go swimming with dolphins? You want to like rent quads? Do What do you want to do? And she's like, he really loves golf. Done. I immediately knew who to contact, my ground operator. <clears throat> there was um, maybe about 30, 40 minutes away from the resort. There was actually a fantastic golf course. It was on the property of another hotel, but that's okay. Outside people can come in, get a day pass and play. Um, and, you know, I set it up for him and about seven other guys. They had an amazing time, totally helped him calm, you know, his nerves and take the edge off of, you know, having... 90 of his family and friends showing up for his destination wedding. And they were both like forever grateful. I was happy that I was able to pull that off for them. 
And, you know, it was also a um, just confirmation of the time and effort that I've put in over the years in building the relationships that I've built with, you know, ground operators, you know, tour operators, hotel changes, and, and so on. You know, they say your net worth, you is it? Your network is your net worth, right? Um, and I believe that a thousand percent. Definitely the way that you care about your customers is so obvious. Uh, is there any stories that you have of where if you hadn't have been there, uh, it would have been a huge problem? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so about about four or five years ago, I think, I had this um, this young woman call me. She was a friend's cousin. I think she was like 18 and maybe had just graduated high school. Um, I don't remember if it was high school or college. I think it was high school. Because uh, she was 18, and I think she was also going to Riviera Maya or Punta Cana, which 18 was the you know legal age to go. And she was going with just another two of her friends you know, who also graduated. Her mom trusted her to go. It was her first trip by herself. It was a really big deal. But, you know, her mom knew that she was referred to me and I was a longtime friend of the cousin or whatever, so she felt comfortable. I sent her to a resort that I knew very well uh, and kind of sent a message to my to my sales rep, say, hey, you know, please take good care of this reservation and so on. Well, when she checks in, I don't know how, she was offered an upgrade. Since she got offered the upgrade to the sister property next door. And so I get a phone call from the mom the day that she arrives saying, I don't know where my daughter is. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, I called the hotel. She's not there. I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? I said, okay. I said, give me a few minutes. Let me call the tour operator. I also have a direct hotel contact. I'll make some phone calls, send an email, whatever. It took about a half hour, 45 minutes which to a parent who doesn't know where their child is was probably an eternity, especially her 18-year-old daughter. Um, but then we came to find out that that's what happened, that she had the upgrade. She was in the next hotel next door. So, you know, we gave her the proper information to call her. I'm sure she cursed the hell out of her daughter because, you know, she's like, why didn't you call me and tell me? I've been going crazy, having a heart attack. But, um, yeah, you know, if I didn't have the connection I had with the back office, with my sales rep for that hotel chain, as well as the tour operator on the ground, how would she have known or found this out? She would have had to wait for the daughter to call her or connect to Wi-Fi, you know, or I mean, Expedia would have never found out. Yeah, and it shows how you have built up so much in your relationships and your experience that you have that accountability there to be able to come through for your customers. Like my job isn't done, you know, when they pay for the trip or, or when they take off and they're there. I'm still monitoring them. I'm still sending emails to my operator while they're there saying, hey, have you heard from the client? How's everything going so far? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and they're good too. I had an operator call me, um, email me last week. I had a client in Italy saying, hey, we just want to let you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, um, their tour got canceled for the morning, but it was available in the afternoon and they had no plans. So they were totally fine with taking it in the afternoon instead. And I was like, great, thanks for the heads up. So it's your network, but also it's about how much you care about your customers. I'm, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm here to build relationships, you know, for years to come. I want, I want the repeat trust, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's, uh, it's notice how I say didn't say repeat business because the business comes after. I want the repeat trust. You know what I'm saying? All right, well, let's get a plug for you. Ace World Travels, where can we follow you and where can we maybe book a trip with you? 
Um, so Ace World Travel, I'm on social media. I have a, uh, a Facebook page that's under Ace, A-C-E World Travel, as well as Instagram, um, at Ace World Travel. And you'll see I post mostly when I'm traveling myself. Um, I do a lot of site inspections, meaning uh, I go and visit you know, hotels and I, and, I, and I look at different categories of rooms or I engage in tours myself. I, I enjoy and I like playing tourist myself sometimes. And that's kind of the way I get to put myself in the shoes of, you know, my client, so to speak. Um, and so you'll see pictures, you'll see videos. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It hasn't been active in a bit, but I'm working on it. So like me on YouTube as well. Uh, and then you could look me up. Uh, all my information is public. If you want to reach out to me to book a trip, it's requestinfo at aceworldtravel.com. Thank you so much, Aurelio Giordano, Ace World Travels. Thank you for teaching us about customization. Thank you so much for having me, Peter.